The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The leaders scoffed at Jesus, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked Jesus, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. The idea of a king, of being subject to a non-elected leader, is, is frightening. Those places with the least freedoms and usable resources are often overseen by someone not fairly elected. And those who seek to be uncontested rulers often use violence, corruption, and deceit, demonstrations of power that often create suffering to get their way. This happens in nations, in workplaces, and even in families. So it seems strange that Christians would call out for a king, but that's what we do. All but one of the first apostles were killed because they proclaimed that their king wasn't Caesar, but Jesus. Now, I normally don't get political here, but I have to admit that after an election, I'm not always happy with who's chosen to govern Guess not everyone votes the same way as I. Of course, sometimes I'm happy with the results of an election, but even when thrilled, it usually doesn't take long for the faults of newly elected leaders to begin letting me down. But I don't lose much sleep over this disappointment because in short time, another election will present new opportunities. This is a big difference between an elected prime minister and a king. Knowing that no one is perfect and that change in leadership is often needed to bring new opportunity, we recognize it's a good thing we have a regular say in who leads us. But things are still far from perfect. Injustice is easy to find. And it's incredibly sad when the basic needs of some aren't met, when we know there's enough for all. One of the easiest ways to discredit an opponent is to point out hypocrisy. We see this at every election. Each side is quick to point out the failings of the other. Christians are no exception. We don't always live up to the good news we profess, and it's the biggest reason why we've not yet fulfilled the command of our king to baptize all people of all nations, 
It's why we need the sacrament of reconciliation. Jesus is different, however. Oh, many try to find fault in him, to discredit him before his followers, but Jesus is the one king without fault. This is why the gospel for Christ the King this year prompts us to reflect on the final moments of our Lord's earthly life, on those moments leading to his death. It's from the cross where the power of Jesus' kingship is demonstrated as something truly different than the power of any other ruler. The leader scoffed at him. The soldiers mocked him. A criminal derided him. When they all thought him powerless, Jesus did what no power could even conceive of doing. He lifted up the meek. Blessed are the meek, Jesus had previously declared in the Beatitudes, for they shall inherit the earth. Now the meek are not who we might usually choose to lead. Those who wish to make kings of themselves work hard to take and keep what they can, and to us they appear strong. But the meek know that love calls for sacrifice and surrender. Those who wish to rule over all have to really want that power, so they appear driven to us. But the meek make no demands. To us, the meek can seem weak, made of no real leadership material. Perhaps his meekness is what blinded many from recognizing the divinity of Jesus at the time, despite all the miracles and signs. The meek will inherit the earth because they know where true power comes from. History has shown how earthly powers, nations, armies, and even great empires come and go despite efforts to endure for all time. But the meek accomplish what great empires can only dream of. They always remain because the meek recognize how true power doesn't come from physical strength or wealth, from armies or violence, from intelligence or by winning an election, but by loving as God does, by seeing others with the eyes of God and by giving to God and recognizing his greatness. From on the cross, we see the new order our true king wishes to bring. Pilate may have had power to execute or free anyone he wished, but only Jesus could forgive sins. Today, our elected leaders may have, may have all kinds of power over peace, wages, or various social services, but only Jesus can invite us into paradise. Our sacrifices may have power to relieve the sufferings of others, but only the sacrifice of our Lord can grant eternal life. This is the new order our true king wishes to bring, forgiveness, invitation, and sacrifice. This new order of meekness was rejected by by many, and Jesus was sent to the cross. But the truth is that from on that cross, Jesus our king has power to grant eternal life. There's a few things happening at our church this Advent to help us get ready for the coming of our king. You'll hear more about these things as they come up. In a few weeks, we'll celebrate a reconciliation service here, an opportunity for all to accept the forgiveness of our king as the good thief in today's gospel did. You'll also accept our king's invitation to worship him by observing a 
popular Filipino tradition over the nine days leading up to Christmas. I'd also like to mention our king's call for sacrifice, too. As a new year approaches, it's a good time to reflect on giving, or at least I find it so. Now I know that every bill has gone up, everything's more expensive, and this is no different for our parish. But I also just glanced through the new census data and noticed, how the, noticed that the average income in this area has gone up over the last few years, too. Perhaps not for everyone, but for many. So especially for those who have fallen into that fortunate category, I encourage you to reflect on your giving, your financial sacrifices. We would love to make staff here more available or even hire more this year so we can serve better. We can always improve on our service. And your generosity helps with that. So here's a challenge as we face Advent in just one week. We might ask ourselves, where do we accept our king's new order of things, and where do we not? Forgiveness, both giving and receiving, is difficult for some. For others, it's a real challenge to invite others to share life. And the prompt to sacrifice can terrify even the most courageous of us. We need help from our king. Maker of all things, our father and king, we turn to you and seek your strength. Inspire within us a desire for forgiveness, to receive your mercy, and to offer it to others. Form us through your spirit into an invitational people, eager to draw others into the life you offer, and through your grace, join the sacrifices we make to the life-giving sacrifice of your Son, in whose name we offer all our prayers. Amen.